Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I should put this date on our kind of morning drive calendar on mine. Uh, because Risa reminds that um, today's Groundhog Day. And she said that Puxatani Phil saw his shadow. So six more weeks of winter coming. Was that what this was about? The Groundhog Day? I got you, babe. In the movie. Okay. When, when the alarm goes off. Right. It's Sunny and Cher. Oh. Every day. Every day. At, six, at 6.04, I think, is what the time is on his alarm. Did you connect those dots, Jamie? I did not, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of dots that don't connect for Jamie Lind. I can't hear this song and not think of Groundhog Day. Okay. I, um, I, I know a lot of people... Love it. I've seen it once. I thought it was okay. It it just it's not a. I don't know. I just don't don't think it's that great of a movie. I, I've seen it once. I think uh, you know. I like Bill Murray or or have enjoyed his stuff. I thought he was better in Space Jam. And I thought he was better in Caddyshack. Um. Anyway, both of those statements are probably true. It. Uh, I I just I found that movie somewhat disturbing actually. Disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah, it's just just disturbing that he gets up in the, you know, the weatherman gets up in the same hotel and every day, and it's Groundhog Day every day. Um, I I think I think if I lived in uh, in that area and that I was a member of the Puxatani Chamber of Commerce, I would be campaigning almost every day of my life to be one of the guys that got to wear the. The black hats. black coat and the top big big top hat, yeah, yeah. I I think that would be, I think that would be just maybe about the best thing probably you could do um, every year is to be that guy. So you're mm-hmm. saying that you like the suit? I I do. I mean, I think uh, the 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 pomp and the circumstance uh, at uh, Gobbler's Knob, uh, they did it for the 137th time in uh, Puxatawney Phil. Saw his shadow. I need that jacket. You like it? It looks good, man. Here's my business card. You can have it. All right. Thank you. Let me know how I can have it. Well, you know, that that jacket is not, would not be suitable for Groundhog Day. See, I think the, I think being the, the, uh, the head daddy rabbit of the Groundhog Committee is right up there with being one of the wise men on Christmas Eve and being able to, you know, kind of walk down the, uh, the center aisle there at our church here in downtown Lubbock. I mean, those guys, I mean, that's a coveted position, I think. And those guys have held on to that for basically decades. They'll never let go. And, and, I, and I don't blame them. And I may be the only one that kind of just envies them a little bit, but I know, that, I know one wise man who had to sit out, and uh, so they had a temporary wise man. And then uh, when he was able to do it the next year, the temporary wise man relinquished his role back to the original wise man. All right, Chuck. I'm going to make the joke before anybody else can. So you think you qualify for being a wise man? Uh, clearly not, because uh, I don't even think I'm on the list. I feel like uh, we've just used the morning drive to campaign for Chuck being <laughs> no, a wise man. No, no, it feels not like a, there was no a little bit of because that would require hint, hint, nod, nod. No, you know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, hey. 
Just want you to know, I'm I'm interested. I'm available. I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm although. interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I would do it if you want me to. I mean, I'm not begging for it or anything, but hey, I'd like to do it. I'd really want to only do it for the early one. I wouldn't want to do it for the nightcap one. So. I mean, there's multiple. By all services. means, let's make sure it fits Chuck Hines' schedule. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, just just saying that I, I haven't really campaigned for it because mm-hmm. it comes with maybe some responsibilities that I don't really want to. I think he to just live did. Okay. I think he just did campaign okay. for it. So good luck, man. Six thirty-five this morning here on the morning drive. Just it's ruined, nice to have gold. I'd be honored. I'd be honored to, to sit s- next to a wise man. To say I sit next to a wise man. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm sure you would say, well, only one day a year do I sit next to a wise man. It'd be Christmas Eve, but anyway. Um, <laughs> again, take your uh, thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double for that. What uh, what do you make of um, the Cowboys' reorganized offense? Uh, do you think we'll see much of a change with Mike McCarthy calling the plays? Uh, do you feel like a, an even bigger target is on his back um, than ever? And that uh, Dan Quinn is a Cheshire cat waiting in the wings for this whole thing to blow up so he can be the head coach of the Cowboys? <laughs> uh, I, I am very interested to see what it's going to be like with McCarthy calling the plays. I do feel like... Um, I think you mentioned this earlier this week. It's kind of, it's it's definitely going to put extra pressure on him. And if this offense is not better, uh, it is, I think it could be the undoing of Mike McCarthy as the Cowboys head coach. Now, Dan Quinn sitting in a corner smiling like a cat, whatever you said he was doing. Cheshire. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Okay. Um if that's going on or not, okay. maybe Dan Quinn just likes likes it in Dallas, and Jerry Jones pays him a lot of money. Could be, could be. Maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. <clears throat> Stephen Jones, a meeting with reporters, Jerry did as well, said philosophical differences between Coach McCarthy and Coach Moore were a factor. He says, uh, "I think Mike really felt it was in our best interest to keep Kellen when he first got here because Kellen's outstanding." But the more he's been around Kellen, as much as he respects him, there's still a part of it that doesn't totally jibe, if you will, with what he wants out of the offense. It will be, I'm sure, with added nuances, Jerry Jones said, but more importantly, the personnel. It will be, in principle, the way he operated in Green Bay, which I'm sure he'll tell you evolved. How much evolving time does he have? I don't know that he's got a whole lot of time to you know, wax poetically and you know, grease board up the place, you know, thinking that he's going to be doing this for the next three to five years if they don't get to an NFC championship game next year. I mean, it does feel like there's a little bit more pressure for him to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to uh, Stephen Jones, the team is, quote, committed to Dak Prescott long-term. He says that uh, Dak could be the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. And heck, um, Mike McCarthy said that um, Jerry Jones wants him to coach the Cowboys longer than Tom Landry did. Well, you've got to start having some success before you can, you know, bring Tom Landry into the mix, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> before you start mentioning that name, right? right. Now, 
Now, here's something that's just, I think it's crazy. The Cowboys have hired a new offensive line coach. They, uh, you know, parted ways with Joe Philbin, who had been with Mike McCarthy a long time. Okay. So you have the, okay, get the Kellen Moore deal, philosophical differences. Kellen Moore was kind of put upon McCarthy by Jerry Jones. It's basically saying, hey, you want to be the head coach? Here's your offensive coordinator. Um, so now they've hired a guy by the name of Mike Solari, who is a veteran, veteran coach. In fact, he's such a veteran coach that he worked for Tom Landry from 1987 to 1988. So he's been around a while. Yeah. Lots of experience there. He's been like... <laughs> you take that. A million different places, okay? But, I mean, you think about this and go, how, how can a guy still be wanting to... And maybe he's just... Maybe that's just him. He just wants to coach. But Mike Solari um, will be uh, the offensive line coach uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. He's 68 years old. Okay. No spring chicken. No spring chicken. Can he get down there in his stance and show him how to do it? No, but he was really a spring chicken when he first got hired by the Cowboys. Yeah, he was a young coach. I bet he can. Yeah. Uh, this, remember, Mike McCarthy got fired at Green Bay with a much better quarterback up there. Yeah, there's that. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. On the Morning Drive, today is February the 2nd, 2023. It's Groundhog Day. And here with his This Day in Sports History moment, which is every day at this day, at this time, is Jeff McGuire. Every day at this time. Monday through Friday. His moment to shine. One shining moment. See, now I don't want to Every day at 6.45. <laughs> uh, we're going to start. Don't mess it up. <laughs> no. no pressure. Oh, we're going to mess this up. Uh, 1892. The longest boxing match under modern rules took place. 77 rounds. Mm. Between Harry Sharp and Frank Crosby. Were we just boxing until somebody died? I do it's modern rules that would have been called if it got anywhere close to that. But holy cow, 77 rounds. Why would we do that, Chuck? I, I, I don't have desire to hit anybody in one round, so I I don't know. Mm. Mm. Before Jamie uh, <laughs> uh, uh, incriminates himself, you, 1983. Are you me on that? No, no. I'm, I, I think I there's a few people I'd like to go around with. You do? Okay. I, there's, I, I don't have that desire. <clears throat> I was trying not to get our boss incriminated here. Uh, 1943, <laughs> Cubs returned to their original uniform after exper- experimenting with a vest. A vest? I don't hate the vest look. I think the Reds pull it off nicely. It's kind of their thing. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1949, American golfing champion Ben Hogan seriously is injured in an auto accident. The picture of this, he basically got T-boned by a truck. Mm. The car is absolutely demolished. He would recover and continue to win six more majors. If, if memory serves me correct, when he got hit, what saved his life was that he leaned to his right to keep the steering wheel from crushing him. And so I think he fell to the right on his seat 
and that, that that basically saved his life. But I mean, he was. I mean, the the fact that he came back and played golf again, even leisurely, but won tournaments was outstanding. Crazy. It was crazy. 1962, the very first time a pole vaulter clears 16 feet. Mm. It was John Ulysses who cleared 16 feet at the Melrose Games. The current world record, 20 feet, four and a quarter inches. That's just nuts. I love watching those pole vaulters. That's fun. I could never do it because I, either, right? I, I mean, just the, I would always have the fear of, I mean, cause if you're doing it right, you're like head down, yes. leaning backwards yes, and you're just trusting in that pole. And I don't think I could ever do that. And your arm strength, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 No, I, there's no question. The athletic ability, I don't have that either, mm-hmm. but that was a given. I didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 1970, Pete Maravich becomes the first player to score 3,000 points in college basketball. 1974, the that'll, small... That'll never be broken because uh, you'd have to stick around for a few years. 1974, smallest crowd at Cleveland Arena. Would you like to take a guess? 12 people. Uh, More say, than 12. I'll say 172. 1,641. Okay. Just missed it. <laughs> 2014. Hang on. Math. Uh, the Super Bowl in 2014. Uh, XL of uh, V, I, which is 8. <laughs> Should have just so gone with the Super Bowl in 2014. Well, yeah. it's because it's in Roman numerals. i got to figure that well, out. Like, we understand like, that. Normally, I write it down. Huh? We understand it's in Roman numerals. They usually do list the Super Bowls in Roman numerals. Right. <laughs> Normally, when... <laughs> Anyhow, Seattle Seahawks beat the Denver Broncos 42-8. to Malcolm Smith, your linebacker, is your MVP. Man, I wouldn't have gotten that in a hundred years, the Malcolm Smith thing. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even recognize that name. What did he do in the game? He intercepted the pass, right? Well, it was 42-8. to Oh, it was 42-8. I, I, I don't think one interception... I imagine he pretty much dominated the Broncos' defensive line, uh, offensive line. Yeah. He must have had and, double-digit tackles and. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking that. See, I was thinking of a different Super Bowl. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, see that. Yeah. Chuck was probably thinking of this one. That took place in Miami. At the Hard Rock Stadium in 2020, because the Chiefs beat the 49ers 31 to 20. Good one to remember. Yeah. Chiefs' first Super Bowl victory in 50 years. And today, it's just one of those days, guys. we got to draw the line in the sand somewhere. Today's where we have to draw the line. Okay. okay. What are we doing? National Tater Tot Day. The best version of the fried potato. So, how, what's the line? line oh, is it, you, have to like, you have to like tater tots. Oh. oh. Okay, I like tater tots. I thought you were going to make me choose between tater tots and french fries. No. But the choice there is obviously tater tots. Not... Okay, you do you, man. That's not always that way for me. <laughs> Don't get sucked in, Heinz. Don't get sucked in. <laughs> Happy birthday to Shakira, who's 46. Christy Brinkley is 69. Blake Clark, we know him as the the Louisiana coach from Waterboy. Okay. Who could barely, you know. Who wore overalls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 77. Uh, Brent Spiner uh, Brent Spiner is 74. And Dog the Bounty Hunter is 70. And Michael K is 62. Michael K., the sports announcer. That would be the one. Okay. 
And on this day, <laughs> sports. Yankees announcer. Well, you Yankees know. announcer. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Sorry. He does host a talk show, but he's the Yankees announcer. Yeah. Sad day in Television. 19. Sad day in 1968. Viet Cong officer is shot in the head in the iconic photo. Oh taken. my God! Yes. And that is this day in sports history. All right, 6:52 this morning, and. The old brain was right um, with regard to Ben Hogan. So here's the specific details. Uh, there was limited visibility because of fog, and he uh, survived a head-on collision with a Greyhound bus that was east of Van Horn, Texas. He had just lost at the Phoenix Open. So Hogan throws himself across the seat to protect his wife, Valerie. He would have been killed had he not done so because the steering column punctured the driver's seat of their new Cadillac sedan. Wow. So I don't know if they recommend still doing that or not, but it seems like a good idea. Hogan was just 36 at the time, had a double fracture of the pelvis, fractured collarbone, left ankle fracture, chipped rib, and near-fatal blood clots. He would suffer circulation problems and other physical limitations. Doctor said he might never walk again, let alone play golf. He was in the hospital for 59 days. How about that? That's just crazy, crazy, crazy. 6.53 this morning here on the morning drive. Take uh, your thoughts and comments this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Somebody says Chuck versus Vic Schaefer. I'll get to see him next week. Mm, See, that'd be a good boxing match. Moody Coliseum. I I don't know if you saw this or not or if, if I talked to you about this or not. I think I did yesterday just a little bit. And... I talked to some people last one guy last night in uh, Stillwater, but they, they for whatever reason they could not get the shot, shot clock and the game clock working, and so they at Moody Coliseum on Sunday when or Saturday when Oklahoma State played Texas, and so they put like a, a shot clock in one corner, game clock in another, and it was and they worked on it for like almost an hour. Um, the uh, sports information director told me he was on the radio with. Uh, the play-by-play guy, and they talked for 50 solid minutes. I don't know why they didn't take any breaks. That's that's that was not my question, but but halftime lasted 50 minutes <clears throat> while they tried to figure it out. And apparently, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director of Texas, was in attendance and was none too happy. I can imagine. Yeah, none too happy. And remember, Texas doesn't control that facility. That's a I don't know if it's city-owned or if it's the Moody Foundation or how it all works, but. You know, Texas basically leases that thing to play basketball games uh, for both the men and the women. So, uh, you know, I was thinking of that going, you know, hey, if that were if that were Fink and I, um, we'd, we'd have no problem covering that 50 minutes. That's just a that's a that's an afternoon conversation for us. <laughs> <clears throat> Gus and I were in San Antonio once and the Red Raiders were the second game of a doubleheader. It's like uh, Notre Dame was playing somebody. We were playing UTSA. Uh-huh. And so they had a little bit of a classic kind of a deal. And we started the pregame show on time thinking the game was going to end, and it looked like it was. And Notre Dame scored four in the ninth oh. to tie it. And it went to, I think, 11. <laughs> and we went like an hour and a half of pregame. You're and on. we were just, let's go. And we just talked tech baseball for an hour and a half. It was 
it was a lot of fun. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, with Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. The Yates Morning Center chat line is open. That's uh, presented by the Double T 97.3 mobile app is um, Happy State Bank. Uh, this Gonzaga equals unbalanced schedule. I, I don't think you just had them. I mean, and one of the things, Jamie, that, that they're looking at here, according to this uh, CBS Sports article written by uh, Dennis Dodd yesterday, is with uh, with Gonzaga, um, there's other conferences that want them, Pac-12 and the Big East, and they want to play up to a level of pump competition. They, they want to get paid for it, too. Sure. The, um, the, the, the challenge for basketball is it, it brings in about 20% of the value of uh, the media rights. Okay, so... It's not a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so will, will Gonzaga be able to add to the pot and, and then more than pay for themselves? Because, I mean, if you're going to add them, are you playing keep away? Which is fine to keep them away from the Pac-12 or the Big East because I think you'd hate for, for the Pac-12 to get them, especially if you're trying to get teams from the Pac-12. But you certainly don't want to give up money just to get Gonzaga. So you got you to come out with the same amount of money for all your other member schools or at least make a little bit more by having Gonzaga. Does that make sense? No, there's got to be a gain to it, right? Yeah, there's um, got to be a gain to it. I, I think it would be fun if they were in the Big East. Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> We're going to change the name of the conference? We're going to keep it as the Big East with the Zags in there? I, I don't know. You, you got, you got, uh, you got the Big Ten, you know, it's primarily Midwestern schools, and now you've got USC and UCLA. <laughs> And but it per, per doesn't plenty. say Big East. It doesn't say Big Midwestern. Right, no. It says 10. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Even though it's got like 14 teams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would think if it's, I mean, think about that road trip. Going from Syracuse to, or wherever, Gonzaga. Syracuse in the ACC. ACC, yeah. But, you know, I, I still think of it as the Nova. Big East. How about Nova? Uh, Villanova. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, so we had uh, Kirby Hokut on at halftime last night. Uh, of the Lady Raider game. Did you talk about his turnaround jumper? Did not. Uh, <laughs> Kirby on Tuesday night in shoot-around, at the end of shoot-around, Coach Gerlich does this uh, when we're on the road, has a couple people square off against uh, each other for one-on-one, and Kirby was was there. And so he, um, he went one-on-one with Chief of Staff Jared Boyd, and Kirby showed some moves. Nice little back-to-the-basket inside the free-throw line, fake yeah. left, turnaround. Fade away? Yeah. Nail it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he, nice. Kirby won. I'll, I'm just going to say, uh, it's going to be hard for you and Fink now to ever entertain those masses after that shot. Kirby uh, was, that a, was That was pretty good. Kirby was a real player there. I mean, it, he he looked like he knew what he was doing. He did. And he, he had his sneaks on when he came to the gym that night. So he'd gotten a little bit of a heads up that some inkling of that could have taken place. And then Jazz Shavers went and sat next to him and, chatted him up a little bit, and she understood that he wanted to do it. So, I mean, Kirby, Kirby's a competitive guy, and uh, he took it serious. I mean, he he looked like he could still play a little one-on-one or, you know, rec league <laughs> basketball or something like that. Anyway, well, I, I'm anxious for the videos when you and Fink do it next game. Next I don't know road if it's trip. the next game. I don't know if it's the next road trip or whatever. Yeah. It would be hard to follow that, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, you know, from an entertainment standpoint um, – the, the laughing would be much more than when Kirby played Jared, but I mean, the the pure athleticism display would not be anywhere near to that level. It'd be kind of embarrassing, actually, to follow that. I think you're 
I think you're cutting Fink a little short. Uh, probably so. <laughs> okay, so so Kirby talked about, you know, basketball program, blah, blah, blah. And we talked about the football schedule. And they they um, he talked about how the, they tried to do the best they could, the, the, the Big 12, in terms of getting it balanced and working it out and year one. And, you know, I think everybody to a man um, and woman – is disappointed you're not playing Oklahoma State next year. But we all understand this is a long-term thing. Um, so this is not going to be this way every year. I talked to Chad Weiberg, Oklahoma State's athletic director, on Tuesday afternoon. And he, he too, was disappointed uh, that the Tech and Oklahoma State aren't playing each other. So I think everybody gets that and understands that. So then I asked Kirby, would you be surprised if Texas and Oklahoma – were um, with the Big 12 in 2024, and he said, very surprised. Okay. Very surprised. But he said, you know, there are no guarantees, so, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen, so there are no basically absolutes. But anyway, he said, very surprised. So I was surprised by that, because usually he holds his cards pretty close to the vest, so maybe within these meetings, uh, there's some kind of additional... A discussion uh, from that Oklahoma and Texas are bringing to the table about um, about this coming to an end after this season. Um, so he he had told us that he was going to, you know, go from Stillwater to Dallas for these meetings. I just didn't know what was going to be on the agenda until you know read this story and and some of this all makes sense. Apparently, Texas and Oklahoma came to the Big Twelve and Fox with a proposal to get out. But that was rejected. And so part of this is all about, all of this is all about money. Um, because with the new members coming in, the four new schools, Houston and UCF and BYU and Cincinnati, you know, they're going to get some money. And so the other eight schools of the Big 12, not Texas and Oklahoma, are having to give up some of theirs so that you can start to fund these new schools and entice them to come to you. And so the the... The question then becomes is, with Oklahoma and Texas, with what they pay you to leave, can that be enough for you to have uh, a net gain enough to overcome what you're having to give the four new schools? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what this is. When, when I think when this is all said and done in terms of the 24 uh, athletic season, it will be that everybody's going to be whole and Texas and Oklahoma are going to be able to go along their merry little way to the SEC and you're going to be able to do what you want to do. And then you can talk about adding additional schools, whether it's going to be basketball only or whatnot. I think there's going to be a, a pretty long hill to climb. But again, the fear of loss of, of Gonzaga going to the Pac-12 or the Big East, and maybe more so than the Pac-12 than the Big East, it would just seem to me that if you're trying to take schools from the Pac-12, you don't want them to, in any way, shape, or form, get strengthened by something. So if this is keep away, if this allows you to kind of help entice, whether it's Washington and Utah or whomever, uh, Oregon, um, or any combination of the Arizona schools, because then you would have some travel partners, you know, for them with Gonzaga and, you know, and and BYU. Uh, Kirby did say he had not been to Provo and he was looking forward to to BYU and going, going there. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the the Gonzaga part of it is <clears throat> is interesting because I think it would add a lot of fun to your basketball conference that's already 
incredibly competitive and fun already, entertaining all the above. But uh, they would they would definitely add to that. I think that our <clears throat> teams would enjoy going there just because it's become a really good program and they have good atmosphere. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that will come out of these meetings, any kind of an announcement. But I think the next announcement for the Big 12 after this football schedule thing is that Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave the Big 12 after this coming year and move on to the SEC. Makes sense. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think that does make sense. 723 this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clay says, well, the Big 12 has 14 teams now. Right, today, mm-hmm. but you're going to lose two, and then you're, you know, presumably you're going to try to, to add some teams. I, I think... When it's all said and done, you're going to have four conferences and 16 teams. So somebody's going to go away. And, and the one that's the most likely to go away is the Pac-12, but they're hanging in there, and they're going to try to make a, a stand for staying by adding schools uh, that make sense for them on the West Coast. Yeah, I would think, think that we've heard those kind of rumors for a long time that it's going to end up being that way, but we'll have to actually see if it happens that we end up with the four conferences. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, does, does – um, and what happens with the Arizona schools and what happens with Washington, Utah, and Oregon? Because that's, that's where the remaining value is, frankly, with the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. You know, does, does somebody – you know, Wisconsin, you got to – well, Wisconsin the Big Ten. Never mind. Uh, but my, my point is is that the Big Ten is going to try to swallow up some more schools, especially now with USC and UCLA. It would make sense for them to go get two more West Coast schools. And with the proximity now with BYU and, and Texas Tech, it makes sense to try to go get a couple of Pac-12 schools. We all know that. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. What do you think? What you got? All right, Chuck, Jeff, and our fine listening audience. My question for you guys today, now that you've seen the Red Raider football schedule for the 2023 season, mm-hmm. your early pick oh. for how many wins the Red Raiders will have. Oh, just go to the regular season. Don't predict the bowl yet. Not quite sure who that matchup will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say eight and four will be your record. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you a one game improvement. Okay. All right. Seven and five. The quick look through seven and five. So two and one in non-conference, or yeah. you got three and zero. Oh? I've got three and zero oh in non-conference. I've got two and one in non-conference. I'm at two and one. I've got six Big Twelve wins. Okay, that's nice. Okay, that's nice. Okay, so two and one there. Uh, what do you got at West Virginia? Win. 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 Houston. Win. Win. Okay. Same with me. At Baylor. Loss. Now I'm gonna you're gonna beat the Bears. I gotta win. Home against Kansas State. Loss. Win. I got a loss there. You're gonna have to beat Kansas State for me to like 
pick the, mm-hmm. that as a win in the future. At BYU. Loss. 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 Because it's on the road. Just, I don't know. Just the unknown. Okay. So I have three losses now. Chuck has two. Jeff has uh, four. At TC, uh, home against TCU. Win. 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 At Kansas. Win. Win. I'm going to end up with more here. I've got to have some losses here at some point in time. Home against UCF. I'll say it's a loss. Win. No, I got, I, got, I got that one as a win. At Texas. Loss. Loss. That's my fourth. Loss. I'm at eight and four with Chuck. I don't know if I gave you four losses or not. So, Jeff, give me your five losses. Uh, did it Baylor? So You got to five losses, despite the fact that you were the only one that had us undefeated in non-conference. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. I've got losses to Baylor, Kansas State, BYU, Texas. Oh, I guess I got TCU. I'd miss TCU. Uh, I've got TCU as a loss, is the, the five. I have Oregon. Mm-hmm. I have K State. I have BYU. I have Texas. I would tell you, uh, for me, Oregon, BYU. Man, I, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change mine to a loss against K State and a win against UCF and a loss at Texas. I'm almost duplicated what you did, but I, I had to get to. <clears throat> I had to get to four. Because uh, I, it's okay. It's, I think you it's, can. It's all right to be the same as the cool kid. Yeah. No. Right. Right. <laughs> so eight and four for me too. <laughs> With the same exact losses right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oregon, K State, BYU, and Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Oh boy, we are the same. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <clears throat> you said so you're four eight, first. An eight and four season. Does it feel like? Um, enough progress for you is it disappointing for you no because i think um i think you're coming off of um you know back-to-back bowl seasons and to me it seems like another step in the right direction i think it will look a little bit different because you won't have necessarily wins against oklahoma and texas in the same year but i do think that you'll be you know kind of more evened out and it won't be a surprise to get to eight wins like last year it was a surprise to get to you know uh, a winning record in the big 12 and it was a maybe a bit of a surprise to get to seven wins plus the bowl bowl victory yeah that's fair that's fair okay so on your list Mm -hmm. both of you guys it's jamie's question segment of the day today apparently i don't just get one i just get to keep asking Mm mm-hmm of your losses, which one do you think could turn into a win, TCU. most likely? And of your wins, which one do you feel like, eh, that could go the wrong way? Are you nervous about? I, I think back-to-back weeks. I think I think you could lose to Baylor, but beat K-State. I mean, me personally, if you just ask me personally, I would rather lose to Baylor and beat K-State if you if I have to split there. Said no Red Raider ever. 
Well, I, I understand that. I just, mm-hmm. I just said me personally. You asked me to be honest, and I'm being that's I, fair. I I'm, I'm being I, honest. I wasn't asking which one wouldn't you would prefer. Mm-hmm. Which one are you nervous about that you that I picked? Yeah. I okay. Didn't, I well, didn't I'm, ask which one you preferred. Okay. Uh, I'd be nervous about. We know I, you. Everybody knows you hate K State. That's a given. Uh, okay. Hate's a strong word. You do. Okay. <laughs> 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 Power cat thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to duplicate there. <laughs> okay, Whatever for me, I'm gonna say I I'm nervous about Houston. It just feels like sooner or later they're gonna get you. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I hate that. I really, really hate that Donovan Smith is gonna come in here and play. It's mm-hmm. just, that's not gonna be fun to root against him. Right. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, I hate that as well. I hate that they're in the league. Yeah, t- the TCU one at, at home. I just yeah, just giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think they've lost so much from yes. this year, but giving them the benefit of the doubt, man, they were such a good football team this year that maybe they got something going there. Who knows? Um, so that would be another one that I'm a little bit nervous about. See, that I said when my two that I'm flipping that I could see flip would be TCU is the loss that I could see going as a win, obviously, because when I went through it for the first time, I said a loss. And the first second time I went through, it said win. Um, but UCF is a win that I could see go the other direction if they're better than we think they are. Like, I think they're an okay football team. I don't think they're a world beater, but they could be better than we think. Well, and here's, here's, here's the other thing, too. Depending on how Texas's season goes, I mean, they could be in the tank by the Friday after Thanksgiving. And so, you know, that that that's a that's a win, a loss that could turn into a win. Yeah, who knows? I, I mean, who knows? You're yeah, allowed I mean, to go down there and win. Oh, we've done it before recently. Yeah. So clearly you're allowed. Yeah. Uh, it, it, now, to me, um, everything changes if you beat Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And for you, too. Because if you beat Oregon, you go 3-0. and then, then you're potentially looking at a nine-win season. <laughs> what? I thought you were going big there. <laughs> no. I'm adding a game. Yeah. I mean, a nine-win season would be something. I mean, you haven't done that. Sure. You know, since 2009. Shoot, so. I think an eight-win season is something. Absolutely. What we've been through over Absol- the last 10 absolutely years. Absolutely it is. And we're talking about the regular season. Right. Plus the, plus the potential bowl game. Yeah. yeah I'm not what, exactly what, poo-pooing a seven-win season either. No. Yeah, what have I told you before, Chuck? I just want it to be fun again. Right. Okay? And, and eight win just... seasons were, are fun. No doubt. And I they could I th- be they could be more fun, but eight win seasons are great. I think you would you would have checked the box on it was fun last year, right? No question. You know? Yeah, it was fun. Uh this TCU on a Thursday help or hurt. I, I help. I think the atmosphere will be great. So I, do too. I think I think it's a hurt. Or I mean help. Help. Yeah, I do too. Mm. It'll be under the lights. We know it's gonna be a night game. We'll have to worry about an 11 a.m. kickoff for that. <laughs> right? I the still only, want that game 11 o'clock now. The, the only, I want that game to kick off at 1030. <laughs> the only question for me on that one is uh, Dr. Skubinick is going to, um, you know, do the old stamp on, hey, no classes afternoon that day. You know, I received a, a text message from some a very important person at Texas Tech who was commenting on our conversation about you know the canceling of school thing Mm -hmm. and uh, this person didn't think that school would be canceled but he also felt like uh, 
it's a I mean it makes it so much more difficult for the athletic department to have school you know that it's a real challenge for them because of all the parking that goes with students being there on class or they're trying to get ready for you know everything that is a home football game sure so he was kind of in favor of school being canceled but didn't think that would happen i think i think dr skubinick will will look on this and go we can we can we can get rid of the classes for one afternoon we'll be all right wouldn't the kids rather have friday off and and then no classes friday morning okay That way it's a full 24. You get to split both days. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. And look forward to continuing to hear from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to DoubleT973.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well at 806-771-0973. A couple of comments on the Pro Bowl, and I agree with this one. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl was competitive in the 60s and 70s. Really enjoyed it back then. Uh, in the 60s, and I don't really remember this, it was East versus West. In the 70s, it was NFC versus the AFC. Uh, and, they, and they moved it around before they put it permanently in in Hawaii. In fact, Kansas City hosted a Pro Bowl in January, and it was bitter, bitter cold. Um, and it was a kind of a real live game. But I, I always enjoyed the Pro Bowl when it was in Hawaii because they would announce who was going to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, you would they would have those guys on the sideline. They'd talk to them. Uh, it was a very kind of relaxed kind of atmosphere with the game going on. Uh, but it's, as the salaries have increased and as the, the, the value of the franchises have increased, you, you understand that the, the commodity, which is the players, just can't be subjected to a, an injury risk. Because um, a lot of times when you play something at half speed, that's when you're more prone to injury than when you play at full speed. But God forbid you just hate for somebody to have a devastating knee injury or whatever uh, as a result of playing in the Pro Bowl. and have it curtail or change their career path or hurt a team's, you know, chances for being competitive. So yeah, I, mean, I get all of it. There's just too much money involved. No doubt. And I, I mean, guys have, you know, have parts of their contract that there are certain players that you're not allowed to play pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if, and if that kind of stuff is going on, then you surely shouldn't be running and banging heads with somebody, right? right yeah. And letting somebody, you know, take you out at the knees or, you know, go go head to head with them, what whatever. I mean, it just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's a it's an unnecessary risk. I I don't think. See on the the chat line, folks think that the NFL players are soft or whatever. I mean, there's just so much money involved. It's an unnecessary risk. Yeah. And if you yeah. were the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, are you want Patrick Mahomes out there playing in the Pro Bowl? Heck no. 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 And you don't want somebody any has a chance that they could come tackle him or, or you know, what, whatever. No, no, you don't. You absolutely do not. Now, could you say in the NBA, couldn't they hurt themselves in the NBA um, All-Star game? Sure, they could. But it's less physical. Yeah, I think the odds are much greater in a in a football game that you could get hurt than in a basketball game. Heck, we had that one guy, and I forget his name, who got injured, basically tore up a knee and wrecked his career playing in a in a beach 
like pickup game or, or I guess it was an organized, kind of organized event. It's a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, it was it basically ended his career. I mean, he, I think he came back, but he wasn't the same, you know, because you know that it's difficult coming back from those knee injuries, especially when you tear everything and you're running back. Um, it's just, you're not, you're not the same. Um, or at least very rarely, uh, they are. Um, so anyway, there you go. Uh, do you think, um, do you think Zach Thomas gets in the pro football hall of fame next week? Think he gets elected? Feels, feels like it's gotten closer and closer. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I you're think right. I lean towards yes. Yeah. And, and he'll be elected. All these guys are elected next week and they're inducted in July. And that's a that's a, a bit of a pet peeve of mine. It's not a bit of a pet peeve of mine. It's a big pet peeve of mine. Because you'll hear everybody talked about next week when they announce the class. They announce the class and the, there'll be people that will say inducted. They're not inducted until July or August when they have the formal ceremony in Canton. Next week they are elected or named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're not inducted. And it's a hill that I'm kind of willing to die on. We all have our, we all have our little idiosyncrasies in that. A Garrison Hurst is who I was trying to think of. Yes, thank you. Mm. From the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Got about him. Yeah. Tore up his knee playing beach football. And as a result, <clears throat> there you go. Okay. Uh, Clay says, for example, Bart Starr made hundred grand in 1967, which in today's money is $8 million. Given the salaries for top flight quarterbacks today, that's chump change. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, the the Giants are talking about you know having to pay Daniel Jones like thirty million dollars, and that they think that's like a discount. Daniel Jones, it, it, just the way that with the way that the salaries have it gone, does feel like starting quarterbacks and you're signing them to long term deals, making them your franchise quarterback. That does sound like less money than the rest of them. A yeah. good. And deserving, in my opinion, of less money than the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, I mean, I feel like the Cowboys got no discount. With Dak. With Dak, even yeah. though he's not the elite of the elite. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that you heard yesterday with all the discussion with, of Tom Brady, uh, one of the things that I picked up, picked up on with all the coverage yesterday was, you know, how he you know, went to the Patriots, you know, at the very beginning, basically, and and said he wouldn't take all the money, but he wanted to make sure that they spent all the money that they could under the cap. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if I'm going to take less, then you've got to spend everything. To so, make this team better. To make this team better. And so... It's not about you being more profitable. It's about you making us a better team. Yeah. And so... You have to admire that when he could have taken everything. Well, it's, it's a big reason why he had so much success. Because mm -hmm, he was able to surround himself with great players. Yeah, yep. no, no doubt about it. So, I, I admire that about him when when he you know, the way that he's done that. Um, and and some might be skeptical and say, "Well, of course, he's married to a supermodel. She made more money than he does." What well, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, he sacrificed, um, you know, some cash. Um, that was guaranteed basically to come to him so that the team could be better. Tell me again what people say. Well, they said, um, 
Well, of course he can do that because he's married to a supermodel and she makes a billion dollars a year. I think... Well, he's not anymore. I think athletes are uber competitive mm-hmm. and it's on the field and it's off the field too. I think it's a big deal for a lot of guys to say, well, if you're paying him that much, mm-hmm. I should be paid more, okay? Um, or if that guy's making that much as the quarterback for this team, I should be making just as much or more. And I think there's competition there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that's happened with our basketball team here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for Tom Brady to say, I know other quarterbacks in the league who aren't nearly as good as me are making – 40% more than I am. I don't care. It is a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. And, I mean, it, like, like I said, it's a part of, in the history of football, we're going we're gonna to talk about Tom Brady being one of the greatest quarterbacks. Why? Well, because he won so many championships and put up great numbers. We're going to talk about Bill Ch- Belichick being one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Why? Well, because he won a lot of Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. Would those things have happened if Tom Brady was asking for the top dollar every single year like most quarterbacks I are? mean, he might have won one or two, but he certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have won seven. That's that's my opinion, right. He yeah. would have won some, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't have won all of those. Yeah, because they wouldn't have had the personnel to be able to do it. Right. Especially this late in his career. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.